Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Thor MX. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis, and with me as usual, uh, with you as usual, to uh, take you down this merry, magical ride. Uh, I thought I would uh, give a call to uh, an old friend, um, a guy that's uh, been there and done that in motocross, Canadian legend, the best ever Canadian racer that I tell JSR that all the time. Um, Ross, <laughs> Ross Rollerball Peterson, what's up, Rollerball? Hey, Stevie, good to be with you here. Uh, Oh, just uh, keeping busy in the afterlife of uh, motocross, you know. After after the good time, all, all good things come to an end. Yeah. So I, I'm out in the work field, the workforce, I guess, uh, oil and gas up here in Canada, and uh, and uh, that's uh, got me kept me busy uh, since I've been done racing, uh, working with a company uh, called Calfrac, and we uh, mm-hmm. do uh, oil and gas well stimulation. So. Huh. Keeping busy with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a good job. Although you're away from home a lot, huh? You travel? It's just like racing again. I'm never at home. I think <laughs> that was one of the good things that I was happy with. When uh, The only good thing that I was happy with when we were done, uh, when I retired from racing, was I thought I'd be around the house a little bit more. But uh right. And and home with the friends, but uh, you you start working again, and uh, this job's the same thing. Uh, I'm away uh, talking to you from a hotel now room now, and uh, about the only thing difference is when it rains now we we don't work, and uh, when it rained when we were racing it just was muddy. That's all the only difference. <laughs> yeah, you still got you still have to go out there for uh, for two thirties. Or 440s or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it was, yeah. We had to, through the mud, the blood, and the beer, as they as they used to say. <laughs> now, I, I heard a rumor. Uh, the promoter of the Vet Motocross the Nations emailed me and said, I got Ross Peterson and some Canadian riders coming over. Um, it's this it's this race that they've been having. Stanton goes over, Dubok, uh, Lachine, Ward. But you're not doing it. You're, you're, let's clarify that. No, You don't know anything about it. I I haven't heard anything about it. This was uh, the first uh, first time I've heard of it. You bringing yeah. it up, so uh, I, was... I I'm totally unaware of it. I mean, I I certainly knew about the race, and I think it would be cool, but uh, didn't know of a Canadian team. And I certainly uh, nobody's talked to me about it. Um, because I was very excited. I was booking my t- ticket to England. So it's a good thing I check with you first. <laughs> See, they, if they want me over there, they better give me a year's notice because I'll have to get back on my motorcycle and start riding it again and right. uh, and put some laps in because uh, I don't know if my uh, – I mean, we're in pretty good shape out here in the oil patch uh, with uh, the work we do, but not in the shape you need to right. be, a, to be a, a racer. When's the last time you rode? Has it been a while? 
Yeah, it's been about a year and a half now. Uh, last time I did was when I did a school here. Uh, I guess not last summer, but the summer before that, uh, mm-hmm. I did a few motocross schools and uh, got to got the uh, to throw a leg over a motorcycle and uh, get back out there with my students. So that was kind of cool and uh, and uh, having some fun doing it. But uh, other than that, uh, haven't had uh, a mm-hmm. chance. Uh, other than with that, uh, been racing are working lots so yeah. never get a chance to get out there uh, other than to watch the races um do you have a favorite motocross the nations uh that stuck sticks out i know lots of politics involved canada didn't always send a team you didn't end up going all the time and guess what nothing's changed it's the same shit today but uh okay um do you have a favorite one that you went to well, we probably Geldorf uh, in uh, in Germany there when we went over to that. It was a, a great track, uh, Geldorf, and uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So I enjoyed enjoyed it uh, when we were over. We had a great team uh, over there, and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun just to hang out with the guys and kind of have the team atmosphere. Yeah, you remember how you did. Uh, I think I did pretty good in the uh, in the uh, 500 class over there. Uh, as far as the result, uh, I think it was top 10, but uh, I don't right. know what yeah. uh, what uh, how the team uh, made out in the overall. Uh, you know, I was, uh, was I was looking on YouTube at some old 86 in Italy, the Majoria. Oh uh, yes, Al yeah. Al Dick actually got like fifth or sixth in 125 class. Pretty good. Awesome. That is awesome, man. Yeah. Al was a great rider and uh, and was a specialist on the 125 uh, class, and uh, he uh, he had some good rides even when he was down in the Golden State Series uh, when he'd yeah. be down there training in California. Uh, he he put in some pretty impressive rides. Um, hey, did you? Uh, I know you've been following U.S. stuff a little bit. Uh, did you see Southwick? Uh, the last ever Southwick, John Dowd retired. I uh, I didn't uh, see that race, but I saw the last one, the the just the last weekend of one. Oh, Redbud, yeah, Red yeah, Bud. yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a it was a great track. Uh, it looked a little different than what uh, I remember <laughs> Redbud as. Uh, I don't remember it quite as ruddy as that or as rough. Uh, it wow. was uh, really uh, really gnarly and. Uh, it, uh, the guys, they look like they're going faster than ever. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and uh, <laughs> right, right. they're they looking like they're going faster, but wow, were they flying around there. Filippoto looked awesome. Uh, uh, Will Han, uh, he impressed me in that 250 class. He yep. was uh, he was riding well. Uh, Roxon, uh, yeah, a lot of fast guys out there. Dungey looking good, strong. Yep. Yeah, if I, watch, uh, if I watch old races from Red Bud in your era, it was hard pack. It was slippery. It was dusty. Um, they've really like dro- dropped a lot of sawdust on there. They've mixed in the dirt. They brought in some sand. Like that place is maybe the most transformed from say the mid '80s to now. It's a totally different track. Wow! Like I say, well, yeah. watching it on TV, I'm looking at it going, I don't remember it ever being that rough. Like I mean, it was rough, but it was the hard pack yeah. rough. You know, lots of chop coming in and out of the corners, but it was you know the braking bumps and then the acceleration bumps coming out, and you know it had some rutted corners, but definitely hard pack. Like 
you yeah. know, just like concrete there. And, uh, yeah, it's really changed. Looks real good. Uh, it was, uh, Larocco's Leap looked pretty cool. Uh, that looks like they're getting max air over there. Yeah. It was, uh, it's, uh, looks like they have improved that for the better for sure. Well, they had Southwick a couple weeks before that, and uh, or a week before that, and John Dowd, 47 years old, finally retired. It was the final Southwick, wow. and Dowdy, wow. Dowdy finally retired. Hey, Johnny, he's an Iron Man. You know, some right. of my the best years uh, traveling through the states was uh, I got to to know John real well when we were down in Florida doing the Winter oh, Series yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. uh, and hanging out and practicing with him and that. And there's a guy that had a had a, a tough work that ethic. You know, he he rode hard. Uh, burn a couple tanks of gas through his motorcycle. Didn't matter if it was, you know, 100 degrees down there in the Florida sand, and he'd run it out of gas, and he'd be on the other side of the track, you know, a mile from the truck. He'd push that motorcycle back and, you know, drink another uh, gallon of Gatorade and fill the gas tank. Well, his mechanic filled the gas tank back up, and he'd go back out and ride that tank out too. He Damn. he was he was an Iron Man, and and I still can't believe how well. He, he rode even uh, late and in uh, his later years. He still gave the boys a, a run there, hey, which uh, go ahead. sorry, which reminds me. You know, we had uh, Southwick moment for me was uh, uh, heading down there and uh, hanging out with John before the race and uh, at his place and uh, and palling around and uh, going to the race. Uh, Needless to say, John, uh, he was running uh, top three back then and uh, doing really well. And uh, I didn't don't know how he finished. How, how did he finish in his last race he, there? He had uh, he had um, mechanical problems in the first moto. Second moto, he was uh, he was sixteenth or seventeenth. Um, he was higher, but he people he was moving over for lap or, or he was getting the blue flag and thought that he was being lapped. And it was a couple guys that he was actually beating, like Chad Reed and Jake Weimer. So, wow. so I mean, wow. he got points. He got he got points. He's forty seven years old. A couple years ago, he got a ninth overall or something as a forty five year old. So, that that is incredible. Even to qualify right. in your forties for U.S. national, and he's down there running top twenty. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Did uh, hey, I, I tell people this all the time, and no one believes me. Um, and I try to tell all these Americans, and they're just they they refuse to believe it. Uh, Austin, Manitoba, the worst sand track you ever rode? Yeah, Austin, Manitoba is definitely the roughest track I've ever ridden. And uh, I rode a lot of Florida Winter Series uh, yeah. races around Florida, Croom and uh, Brooksville and, and uh, of course, Cocoa. Southwick. Cocoa Austin is a type of sand. It, it, it's it's finer than a beach sand. It's... Uh, uh, we've got uh, stuff that we use when we're out in the oil field. Uh, it's called flour, and that's kind of what Austin sand was. I, I wondered if the, the sand haulers, if they would get it from down there when yeah. they bring it out to frack the wells with, because it's a beach sand, far, much finer than a beach sand, and that track was rough. Like the bomb holes uh, down the straightaways would definitely be uh, up to your shoulders in in height there or or depths in the in the bottom yeah. of the holes it was it was definitely the toughest track i've ever ridden even cocoa beach i i've had talked to people they say austin's rougher than cocoa beach but absolutely you know, is yeah. Yeah. yeah there there isn't a track anywhere i mean southwick cocoa brooksville uh croom all, all super rough tracks but 
they just don't compare to Austin. Austin is is a sand that I've never uh, never right. ever rode before. Other than the only place is Austin. It's just a fine sand, and I mean uh, tough to even turn in it. Uh, the turns, you know, a lot of the other, you know, Southwick, you can get the big rail or berms. Austin, the the berms didn't last that long. They would just blow apart because <laughs> the sand is so fine. Yeah, it's a tough track. Can't believe you rode a one twenty five there. All those times. <laughs> <laughs> I had cleats on the bottom of my boots, and I used to paddle a little bit when I'd come out of the turn, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember a specific Southwick that stuck out for you? Uh, I'm just – you got fifth in 87. Fifth in 87? Uh, yeah. That was probably the – probably my best ride down there at Southwick and uh that would have probably been my uh the so national in eighty seven was was the best memory there. Uh a lot of tough races yeah. there and uh that was was one of the best rounds I had there. So that would be my highlight. Yeah, six six, fifth overall rollerball. Not bad. Not, Not bad. too bad. Uh let's see. Uh <laughs> Waddington was in front of you in the first moto. Good ride for Joe Waddington. Awesome. Yeah Joe was another local there and uh super fast uh Super fast sand man, and uh, the boys from uh, Massachusetts, they could definitely ride the sand. And guess who finished in front of you in the second moto? Oh. Jojo. 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 Another sand man, <laughs> Jojo. Uh, I haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't heard from Jojo for a while. Right, yeah. I've seen him around. <laughs> He's still around a little bit. Um, was, were you at the Southwick National? Oh yeah, I go to all these things, man. Okay. Every single was, one. Uh, was did you see JoJo there? I, I didn't see JoJo this year. Saw him last year there. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good health. Doing well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Great. Um, Great. Someone said he was going to race again, but I don't know. <laughs> He's going to fill fill John's old boots, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Hey, uh, uh, when you went. When you raced, uh, you were, obviously you, for years and years you raced Canadian Nationals and American Nationals. Would you, okay, so the season ends in, in September or whatever. When would you yeah. head to California or Florida? Or would you always head to Florida? Like how long well, would you ride and, and, and would you camp out or what would you do? In, uh, in the beginning, I uh, <clears throat> went to California the first couple of winter series, uh, uh, rode down there, but the problem was is always always a tough time to find places to ride back then and uh and uh, it was a lot of travel and it seemed like so i t- thought i'd try you know bob uh Hannah said that uh you know the place to be going was Florida, so we went to uh florida and uh and uh you know the tracks are a little closer together, so traveling to time is uh is less, and uh, I thought the tracks for getting getting a guy in shape were definitely uh, tougher tracks, uh, better yeah. for conditioning, and uh, and uh, more places to practice. Yeah, would that's you, uh, where ended up and uh, finished uh, all my seasons after that. Uh, you know, through the '80s and early '90s, we're uh, head to Florida. So, uh, we had, we'd head down there in December and do January, February, March kind of base out of Florida and. And hit the na- whatever U.S. nationals and supercrosses we could. Yeah. So you yeah. Would, you would basically be there for three months. Would you rent a house? Where'd you live? 
Yeah, we. Uh, I, I stayed with Mark Murphy uh, one uh, one year when I was down there. Another year, we. Uh, I stayed with a friend, uh, Glenn Nicholson. Uh, they. Uh, he's a Canadian racer that had a house down there, and Glenn was for, uh, good enough to let us stay there with him. And uh, another time, we uh, rented a house. So there's uh, several different avenues we used. Uh, sometimes we'd just hotel it and sort of float around the 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 state you know and uh, ride different tracks for a week or two at a time and then move to another hotel and ride different tracks and and went that route so oh, okay. yeah a lot of fun a lot a lot of a lot of good memories from florida um oh, that's cool i yeah i always wondered how that worked you know uh, i know later on the guys uh, would camp out at Kroom. i know i did that you know but yeah, that was only no, for a week there's or two. a lot of <laughs> a lot of canadian guys did that and hung around there uh, mm-hmm. i never ever did uh, wasn't much of a tenter, or uh, <laughs> and when we went down, we'd usually, uh, you know, meet the mechanic down with the box truck. So we never had the camper or, or trailer to stay in. So right, it was right. either hotel or rent the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, um, the I was talking to Marshall Plum um, a couple weeks ago, and he had said, "Hey, I talked to Doctor Rollerball or whatever um, about the flooding in Calgary. Of course, your Calgary <laughs> Medicine Hat is all." All been affected by these floods. I, I can't believe that it's it's as bad as it was um, or is. But yeah, cra- crazy crazy thing uh, that you mentioned that. Uh, and just a few weeks uh, before uh, I spoke to Marshall, I'd called him and was wondering, uh, you know, what he was doing when when they had all them tornadoes going through uh, right. Oklahoma there. What he was doing living in Tornado Alley, <laughs> kind of giving him a rib, you know, from a Canadian guy and. Two weeks later, he's phoning me, wondering what I'm doing, living in the middle of a river. So, <laughs> a little payback, touche. Uh, you know, it's crazy. I was at Calgary National, um, uh, maybe two weeks before those floods. So, yeah, I, yeah, they really got hit hard. Uh, Calgary got hit hard, and Medicine Hat, where I'm living now, uh, yeah. and where I was based at when I was racing, uh, they got hit hard down there too. So, yeah, it's been some crazy weather everywhere. Did you ever ride that Calgary track? Was it around back then? Was it? Did you practice on it? Did it have any races or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Blackfoot's always been around. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, quite, you know, a, the park was uh, a little different back then. Uh, they used a lot of the dirt that they took a lot of dirt away from Blackfoot Park. Uh, to uh, build the Deerfoot uh, oh, okay. Deerfoot uh, freeway there, and uh, so that changed a little bit. And uh, but I would say right now that uh, that's got to be one of the best riding areas in North America. You know, the guys in Calgary are really lucky. You know, there's three, four tracks out there that they can ride uh, on any given day. Uh, they got guys out there uh, grooming and uh, prepping it. Uh, kudos to the the Blackfoot crew that uh, yeah. that runs that park. Uh, they're doing an awesome job, and uh, what a place to train and ride. Uh, yeah, I was I was pretty impressed. I was I was like, this is like the perfect location the track was prepped pretty good it's got some hills like it, it's a it's a nice little hey facility. where where can you uh, ride your motorcycle on a on a world-class track uh, 10 minutes from the downtown core in a metropolitan city <laughs> right, right? <laughs> like yeah. let's face it it's uh, the guys in calgary are they're super lucky to to have that park and uh 
Uh, I hope they can keep it for many years to come because really for I've ridden around, you know, all over the world and practiced in a lot of different places and I'd have to say Calgary uh has got uh, the best riding facility uh in North America if not the world. Uh, they they're really lucky the guys there. Uh so anyways, back to what I was saying. Uh I talked to Marshall, he was mentioned that he'd talk to you and and then of course Dave Gowan, your other your other old mechanic. Marshall worked for you for Two, three years. Yeah, yeah. He he was with me for uh, about three years. Marshall was with me, and uh, in the good times. And uh, Dave worked for me for about three years too. Uh, yeah. We had a lot of lot of fun and laughs and uh, good times with uh, both the guys. And uh, they're both doing uh, doing well, great things in motocross still. That's what I was going to say to you. How cool is that? That these two guys that uh, have the thread, common thread of working for you. I see him talking every now and then. Uh, always make a joke about rollerball or are you guys talking rollerball <laughs> stories or you know uh this and that but it, it, both guys have a have a you know they're high up in the industry they they have a pretty successful careers going it's kind of cool it is very cool i'm real proud of both the guys uh, they both uh, were great mechanics they both worked really hard at uh, whatever they did and uh i respect their knowledge uh they're uh, they're super guys and great ambassadors for the sport. Both of them, super guys. Yeah, and you keep in touch with them here and there a little bit, so that's good. Yeah, we uh, we still touch base now and again, and uh, run into them uh, once in a while uh, at, at a race or two that, that we we all seem to show up at. But uh, yeah. yeah, they've uh, they've really come a long way and uh, and are doing well. And uh, Dave and Marshall. Uh, uh, kudos to them. They're super guys, and they deserve everything they get and more. Hey, do you ever run into any, like it's been a year since you quit. You think your last season was 93. Um, you ever run into any fans? Um, run into anybody who knows who you are? Oh, I run into a, to a few people that <laughs> that uh, that recognize me, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of cool to, to hear from some people That's that, uh, yeah. you know, that... Uh, Mention, hey, I saw you at this race or that race, and you know it. Uh, it kind of still makes you feel good, you know. It's I've been away from the sport for now uh, about uh, twenty, what, twenty-five years now. Twenty, uh, be twenty years this year. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a long time, and uh, heck, uh, we even still got a, an old buddy of yours that uh, that you may be familiar with, Trevor Unger. Uh, he started working for Calfrac. I actually oh, yeah, yeah. got him a job. Uh, got him a job uh, working. Uh, he's uh, he's in the coil tube inside with uh, with us. He's not on my crew, but uh, he's uh, got him into the oil patch too. And he's from uh, your old town of Winnipeg. Yeah, I know Trevor. <laughs> He's before my time, but I know him well. I saw him at Calgary, actually. Yeah, um, he w- he was up there with his two boys, Talon and Tyler, and uh, oh, and uh, yeah, he said it was a great race, and uh, and uh, yeah, wished uh, wished I could have been there. Um, oh, that's good. That's good. That you run into some people here and there. That's cool. Um, you know, hey, I was telling um, and getting back to some some this kind of funny story. I was talking to Villa Poto, um and him and I are pretty good friends, and, uh, you know, he got beat by Ryan Dungey a couple of races in a row. Before that, he had been pretty dominant. Uh, got beat at Bud's Creek and got beat at uh, – it's escaping me now. Um, I forget the other race. Well, one moto, I think he might yeah. have – 
one moto at Redbug, did he? Or did he win both round, motos no, there? No, he won both motos there. Um, okay, maybe it was uh, Will Han that lost a moto to Roxon there, I think, maybe. There, I think, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, so I was telling, I was telling uh, RV, I'm like, hey, I said, uh, a guy once told me, you can't let your competition beat you too many times because <laughs> they start thinking, they start getting a little uh, confident, too confident. And he's like, who told you that? And I go, Ross Rollerball Peterson. <laughs> and he's like, who's that? <laughs> and I go, I go, the greatest Canadian rider ever. But it did, it did stick with me. You told me that one time. You said, hey, you know, I, you could beat me once. You could beat me twice. But, but I can't let you thinking that you're better than me. And, you know, it's just, it's just something that's always stuck with me, that your philosophy. And, I mean, I dropped it on Villapoto. He didn't seem too impressed. But uh, I, I want you to know <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying he, to spread he, the word. He, as <laughs> I said to you before, uh, some of these new guys that are out there uh, winning these races, they, they weren't even born when I was around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, right? So, but, yeah. but, but it is true. Uh, it is true. It, you, can't, you can't let them beat you too many times. No, that's that's right, and that's something to to mention to Ryan is that uh, you want to, you know, it might let it, it might happen once or twice, but you got to iron them guys back out to make sure that they know who's boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show, brought to you by BTOSports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. The Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOSports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the RacerX Podcast Show. Use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. Well, uh, while we were talking rollerball, uh, I was texting with uh, 
uh, one of your longtime rivals and friends, uh, Jim Hollywood Holly. So we figured what better time than uh, a Saturday afternoon to get Hollywood on the line. Jimmy, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this. Hey, always glad to uh, catch up with my old nemesis, uh, Ross Peterson, man. We had some great <laughs> battles and great times, man. Uh, no doubt we, both of you guys, uh, uh, yeah, you thrilled me as a youngster. Let me just leave it at that. You guys thrilled me. I, I think we thrilled each other when we were <laughs> We had some good times, not only on the track, but off the track. I mean, especially with the girls. We had a well, good time. Well, yeah, we, I've heard some of those stories. Uh, I'll keep those uh, off the air, but... Uh. Well, we well I, I got a couple of them we got to talk oh, okay. about anyhow. I mean, they'll be in good taste. Okay, we can. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, hey, uh, Rollerball. Um, give me. Uh, give me. Obviously, as a kid, you guys were uh, very close to the same speed up north, down south. It didn't seem to matter. Pedersen and Holly were were together. Usually, the top Yamaha privateers for all those years. Um, what do you remember about racing with Jim? When's the first time okay, you remember? I've got the perfect okay. one for, for you. The, one of the one of the greatest moments I had with Jim was a knockdown drag out battle in our heat race in Calgary at McMahon Stadium, and uh, of course it was we, we Jimmy and I we were pretty competitive, pretty fierce with each other on the track. A lot of banging and bumping, and we had this drag drag down knockoff battle. In the in our heat race, and uh, so the referees were a little concerned with our riding because we weren't really that polite to each other. And uh, I got called. They came over to PA and announced uh, that we were supposed to come and see the referee. And he brings us into this closed door meeting, and I'm I'm scared because this is a big race for me, and all being up in Canada. Right. It's it's my bread and butter and my sponsors and I'm I'm really worried and the referee sits us both down and he starts in on us about hey you know you guys got to be careful out there and it's dangerous you know and you guys banging into each other and elbowing each other and 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 having these fierce battle on the track is you know is really really concerning us. So Jim pipes up. He says, I want to ask you one question. What was the most exciting race of the night? And, you know, so far up to up to the main yeah. event, well, you know, he, he pauses for a minute. Dan Gregoroff, that's the head referee, he yeah. pauses for a moment and says, well, for sure it's got to be your race. You know, you guys yeah. had the most exciting race. And he said, well, Jim says, replies, what? What are the fans out there? What did they think of the race? Wow, gee, they were going crazy. You know, you guys were banging into each other. And, right, right. You know, we're just we're worried about you guys. And Jim says, "Well, I rest my case, and that's what the people come for <laughs> to see exciting races." And right. uh, and we left there, uh, you know, off the track. Jimmy and I were we were buddy buddies, but <laughs> when the gate dropped, uh, you know, the the BS stopped, and we, we battled her out. So Hollywood, that was a, one of the highlight moments that I remember of Jim and I battling. Hollywood, that sounds like you. Listen, leave me alone. Leave us alone. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I remember Dan pulling us in there, and I was kind of wondering, like, why, why are you pulling us in, man? They, they, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people didn't know that, you know, Ross, I, I consider him a great friend of mine. I mean, uh, you know, he'd come down here and stay at the house and stuff and, and, and hang out, and we'd train together and go riding and stuff, and he'd ride a little bit more than me because he liked to ride every day, and I liked to ride every other day or right. something, but he'd go out and 
do his thing. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely true. I mean, we'd bang on the track, and I knew what I was going to get, and Ross knew what he was going to get. I mean, if I banged on him, he was going to bang on me. It wasn't, you know, we put on great shows. And, and, and you know, to this day, I mean, uh, you know, nowadays, you know, you bang on somebody, and, oh, my God, you got fines and this and that. But, I yeah, mean, yeah. We, we never broke a bone banging on each other. So, I mean, it, what's the harm? It's not like we were, you know, th- there's a difference when you're taking out a rider right. or when you're racing with a rider. And me and Ross were racing. We weren't there to take out each other. And I, last thing I want to do is see my competitor up in the cheap seats and, and with a broken arm or a broken leg or something. And then none, none of that happened. I mean, we just battled and we battled hard. We both wanted hey, to win. We, uh, it's exactly right, Jimmy. I mean, uh, it was, we were very close to the same speed you know we were right together and i mean you had to be a little aggressive to make a pass on the guy and <laughs> jimmy hated losing as bad as i did and uh, nobody wanted to finish behind the other guy you know so we uh, we went at her tooth and nail uh well okay hollywood did it ever was there ever a time where it 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 did hurt someone's feelings someone did get pissed off between you two uh, not not on my end. No, no. I mean, okay. I was okay. You know, I <laughs> right, mean, Ross right. was the better guy if he won that day, and if I won that day, I guess I was the better guy. I mean, that's the way I, I took it. I mean, you, you got to go into racing with an open mind. You're not going to win every event, you know. Right, and right. and you got a guy that wants to fight as much as you want to fight. I mean, you know, so be it. I mean, someone's got to win, and somebody's got to finish second. And uh, like I said, we had a. I have a lot of great respect for uh, Ross. I mean, for what he did. Um, you know, for the sport of. Uh, you know, motorcycling in Canada were were, were, were uh, over and above what some of the other generations, you know, after him and even down here in the United States, uh, you know, have done. I mean, I remember when I first met Ross, he was in his, I'll never forget, he called it a Z-28, and he had a trailer <laughs> behind there, and he was riding a Kawasaki, and we were in Texas, and I, I think we are at... Uh, I don't know, it might have been Lake Whitney or something. I couldn't remember, but I Wait, mean, that so guy I was think. just down here by himself. I mean, he had no mechanic. He was doing it all, training, wrenching, everything. And, and he knew if he wanted to get better and dominate up in Canada that he had to come down here and, 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 and put in the time. I mean, I, I, I hate the fact that when I go to the Toronto Supercross, I only see one or two Canadian guys. I don't, I don't right. see the top guys. Yeah. I see three-digit guys or whatever. But they're out there busting their butt and they're trying. And, and that's where Ross, you know, why he was so successful. He put in the time and the dedication. It was Ross Peterson Racing, you know. You have to give a little bit in, in any kind of business to be successful in life. And I don't care if it's motorcycle racing or whatever. You talk to any successful business, they've lost money in the first couple years of their business. Mm-hmm. Well, Ross, I'm sure, lost, a, 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 you know, money the first couple years. But he well made up for it over the years and the championships that, that he won. Rollerball, you went to the races in a Z28 with a trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. And, you know, Jim, that was that was well put. Uh, you know, you got to put something in to get something back out. You, you And usually it's more to start with. As you say, with business, you know, businesses lose money the first couple years. Sometimes you got to, even though you're a, you're a great pro rider up here in Canada, you got to get down there and start training and riding and working extra hard just to, you know, make up for it and catch up with the guys. Yeah, it's a little That's dis- what you got to do. It's a little disappointing for me, a Canadian moto guy, a Canadian guy living down here covering moto. Uh, our our best riders go to nine races a year and they don't really venture too far out of that whereas, you know, JSR and Valancourt and you Ross, you guys did uh, whatever it took, raced wherever you could. 
what was ever was paying, you were there. You know, our guys now, not so much. Well, yeah, I don't, ask, I don't quite understand that. You ask any of the new Canadian riders coming up, I mean, I remember when Ross would come down here and he'd ride his mini supercrosses and outdoor nationals and then go up there and do all of the Canadian nationals, not only just limited in one class. I mean, some weekends he would ride a 125, a 250, and a 500 in the same day. I yeah, mean, that, yeah. that's dedication. And you're not going to see that happen anymore. Those days are over. Uh, Hollywood, give me a, if you're racing with rollerball uh, back in the day, Give me a strength and a weakness uh, as a racer. I mean, God, you guys uh, bang bars and did, put so many laps in everywhere, all over the world, really. Uh, what what could you count on them doing, and what where did you think you were better at them? If well, you had to I mean, pick? you could count on Ross. If you passed him, he was going to pass you back. And, <laughs> and same goes for me. I mean, that's just the way we raced. I mean, you, you passed us that, you, you, well, now you can forget about the guy. You can't forget about the guy. You've got to remember him for all 20 laps in the Supercross and all, you know, uh, outdoor nationals. He's going to be hounding you there. And um, that, that was Ross's strengthness and his uh, his uh, physical abilities. I mean, he didn't get tired. You know, he he wasn't one to complain. I mean, if he had a broken finger, he's still out there hammering away. I I would say one of the weaknesses for Ross, and I'm sure he would agree, would have been super cross because of the fact that he didn't have the tracks up there in Canada Mm -hmm. or the resources. Uh, You know, he would still come down here when it was snowing up there or it was cold or whatever and come down here, but you still didn't have the tracks that, you know, back then, the Yamaha, Honda, all that, you know, O'Mara and Bailey, that Honda land they could go to and things like that were, you know, privateer guys like us, you know, we didn't have uh, that kind of stuff, you know, to uh, to uh, do it, you know. And I was a support rider when me and Ross were coming over. I wasn't a factory rider at that time. Right. And I, I think that's where, you know, a, a kid from Canada or whatever, some of the weaknesses on Supercross would have been that they just didn't have. Believe yeah. me, if, if Ross could have, he would have been practicing – Night and day on a right. Supercross track. That's just his worth ethic. I mean, Ross's worth ethic was above and beyond uh, anybody else. I mean, you, you hear of other guys, you know, the O'Meras and, and Hannahs and guys like that to train, but Ross could, you know, I'd, I'd put him in a marathon against anybody. Well, some of those stories that Gowan tells me, Ross, about you training, I swear he's making up, and he, he, he says he's not. He, he goes, I, I, I promise you this is what he did every day to train. <laughs> it sounds it sounds it sounds like a pretty gnarly schedule. Um, but uh, what same question for you, Ross? Uh, strengths and weaknesses of racing with Hollywood. Well, you know, the, Jimmy and I mirrored ourselves. Really, it was uh, he took he took my, Jim's Jim's strengths and my strengths were the same. You could always count on a battle. You know, when we'd pass each other, uh, you, you normal another guy you'd pass him. And you didn't have to worry about him anymore. It's like it took and deflated him, took took the wind out of his sail. With Jim, it was you passed him. It was like, oh man, now I got a battle on my hand because he ain't gonna quit, and he ain't a quitter. Jimmy, he's a tiger. Goes right to the end. Goes hard all the way. No doubt about it. Yeah. There's he's a competitive guy. Uh, that's that's Jim's strength. Uh, weaknesses, I'd probably say when we were coming up. <laughs> The girls, <laughs> maybe the girls a little bit. There was never a guy. He, he could have went either way. He could have went with the Jeremy side <laughs> on the girls, or the or the Jeremy side on the bikes. He was kind of both in one and the he same. Was, he was phenomenal either on or off the track. <laughs> uh, I yeah. I I think 
I think Bob Hannon might have said it once at a writer's meeting, phrased it the best. If Jimmy hasn't had her, she isn't out there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good job, Hannah, on that. Um, uh, Roller, was there one race you you had with Jimmy that stands out? One uh, either Canada, down in the U.S., or in Canada. Was there one race where you two, the best one you can think of? And maybe it would be funny if you guys have the same race in mind or or a different race or whatever, but – is there, Boy, that that's a tough call because Jim and I, a lot of times, it, it, it doesn't matter. You, you name th- I can name three races here. I mean, the one I just did was Calgary, yep. Winnipeg. I could name quite a few uh, Supercrosses there that were arena crosses that were uh, tough. And in, in the States was one in Atlanta where we had a battle in Atlanta. And it was always the same, though. It didn't matter which, which track we were at, whether it was Waco, Texas, or Redbud, or wherever. As soon as we would get together, it was like he'd pull me along, I'd pull him along. Yeah. When, because once we started battling, it was, it was you know, we were buddies. We Like Jim said, I'd yeah. stay with him, we'd train together, we'd ride together. So we were super competitive. And uh, when we got to the on the tracks together, we, we we were a plus to each other. I mean, we we helped each other out by pulling each other along. Like, I mean, we didn't we didn't really need each other because we battled everybody else hard anyway. Right, However, right. when we were together, there was there, there, it, then it got personal. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was it was personal, and and we we would we would go tooth and nail for the whole race. But those are three races that come to mind. Uh, or Three cities, anyway: Atlanta, yeah, yeah. Winnipeg, and uh, and uh, Calgary. Uh, we had some great battles, and we we it seemed like every race we were together at it was a battle between us because we were pretty close. What about Holly? What about you? Anything? Well, up? I mean, you know, the, the the one for sure in in, in Calgary. Calgary. And I, I think the CMA, which is the Canadian Motorcycle yeah. Association, I think they got wind of it. And it seemed like any time after that, except for in some of those arena crosses, I'm talking the bigger uh, stadiums like Edmonton where they had the bigger Supercross track, yeah. it always seemed to put him in a different heat race than me. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and, and I, I always didn't like that because I didn't know. Well, it was, a, it was a plus and it was a minus because I could see where Ross's lines were and I didn't have to race with them and, and focus. And uh, one comes to mind in, in Edmonton when Ricky Ryan uh, broke his hip up there. Remember that one? Uh, we, I do. We, we didn't have a good battle up there, but I ended up winning it. But you had problems, you know, the whole the whole weekend, if I remember correctly. But um, you know, the the ones in in, in Winnipeg were epic. Uh, uh, and also, there was one that I remembered, and I want to say I think it was in Hamilton. It was an arena cross in Hamilton where we had a knockdown drag out <laughs> brawl, and everybody thought it was staged or whatever. And I go, we never staged one bit. We went up no. there, and we went up there to battle in the Winnipeg ones were uh, Bruce uh, Rathbone. Yeah. Uh, remember, he took us out skiing on the Red River there. Yep. Stuff, yeah. we, we had some good times, man. And uh, But, you know, he didn't want me to come up there, and I was pissed. And me and my dad drove the box van across, and we ended up showing up, and we went on uh, Rod uh, Black's, you know, the TV, uh, uh, the uh, television station he was working for, and said, yeah, I just want to come up here to battle with Ross, you know I mean? It's just, uh, you know, and we had great battles in in, in Winnipeg. <laughs> Ross was like, oh, shit, Jimmy showed up. <laughs> you know, listen listen to this. Jimmy, Just let I, I just realized this after 25 years now or 30 years of, of, of knowing Jimmy. He let the cat out of the bag. He used to always tell me, Steve, 
that he was on the side of the track cheering me on, like when they started separating <laughs> yeah, yeah. us for, right. in the heats and that. He, I'd say, Jim, thanks for cheering me on. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm out there pulling for you. Here, I, here now I hear he's, he was out checking my lines out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I remember one race in particular where I really felt bad for Ross, and I, and I felt bad for him, and he'll remember it. Uh, it was... Uh, it was in uh, Orlando at the uh, Supercross down there, and that's when they had the Coca-Cola uh, uh, catapult jump. <laughs> right, and right. I was in a different heat race, and I, I launched it, man. I wanted to get that $1,000 because, you know, you're talking two kids here, man, an extra $1,000, man. That's, yeah. I mean, we looked at it as, yeah, hey, man, we can buy some more parts, or, hey, man, we can take some chicks out or whatever. But anyhow, I had the jump, and Ross was in the – I was watching Ross, and he was coming over the jump, and he was sizing it up. Well, they made the jump where it came out of a right-hand corner, and you hit a jump, and you were launching towards the starting line. And old Ross, man, he come off of there, man. And I, I seen him in the air. Ah, oh, man, he's going to beat me, you know. He's yeah, going to yeah. get $1,000 tonight. But in Unfortunately for me, I got the $1,000 that night because Ross didn't stay on the motorcycle. And he cleaned out Scooter Stafford, who was sitting on the starting line, ripped his radiator right off the bike. Poor Scooter, he didn't even get a chance to ride the heat race because there was no time back then to replace the parts that Ross ruined as he went barreling through the, the starting lineup. Do you remember that, Ross? I remember it vividly. It was kind of an embarrassing moment, but like I say, Jimmy and I, we battled at everything, and if there was a yeah. dollar to be made, whether it was the long jump or the heat race win or whatever, we 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 tried to capitalize on it, and uh, yeah, I feel I feel really bad for Scooter, and I can maybe if he's listening in say I'm sorry for that in hindsight, but you know I was going for that thousand bucks, and, and hey, uh, Jimmy and I, it was hell or high water, or crash or burn or whatever it took, but one of us was going to do it. The, the, there, there you go, Steve. I mean, we yeah. weren't even in the same race. It wasn't the main event. We were competing. For the longest jump, man. Right. We, we competed everything. Uh, the 1000 bucks nowadays is like third place in the 250 Supercross main event. So I can, back then, that was a lot of money, no doubt. It was a pile of money, 1000 bucks back then. Uh, right. That was 20 year, 25 years ago. So right. that was like making, that'd be like five grand well, now for the jump contest. Yeah. So we were going for it. Jim, didn't you say you <laughs> would? Hell, if it was five grand nowadays, it might get us out of retirement, man. <laughs> Go for the long jump. <laughs> Get on that YZ490 and hit it. <laughs> oh, I don't know about a 490. That'd be a little tough. Maybe a YZ250 would be all right. Um, well, Jim, you used to say that you would lose spots sometimes. You would pull out wide. Oh, exactly. At, like, well, you didn't let, care. let me clarify that because yeah. there again, me and Ross had to get the bike in the main event. If they took, I can't remember what they took back then, yeah. the top five to, to the main event, and we were running third or something. Yeah, of course. Right, I'd right. pull over and let a fourth-place guy to get a better line at that jump. But if I was in fifth, right. I wouldn't pull over and let the sixth-place guy because there was more money to be had in those main events than that $1,000 uh, for the jump. But if I had time, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, even some of the guys, even in, uh, I think it was uh, East Rutherford, New York, uh, where the uh, where the Giants, not the Giants, the Patriots play. We had a race there, and it was me, Glover, and R.J., and we were one, two, three in the heat, and we all set the last lap, man. We were all going to slow up, don't pass each other. We're just going to go wide on this corner. We yeah, all yeah. three went for it, and I ended up getting it. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, Ross was there, I'm sure. Or, or, I don't know if you rode that one or not, Ross. Did you ride it uh, east? I, I, I think I was there. We went, we went up in the, uh, in the Empire State Building. Yeah, yeah, Didn't that's we? right. That's right. After, yeah, yeah that's right. And we picked up those chicks. And, remember that? And we went to a couple movie theaters there. 
seemed yeah. like a lot of these movie theaters along, but you had to look through a small hole at these. <laughs> yeah, at yeah, the yeah. They, cleaned up, they cleaned up Times Square, that's for sure. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, you know, for people listening in, I mean, I, I truly cared about Ross. And, I mean, one, one of the incidents is uh, we were in Sweden, in Gothenburg, Sweden, at the Supercross. And uh, we were in the payout line getting paid, and man, Ross didn't look good, man. He was all yellow and stuff, and he had a crash that night in the main event. And man, he ended up going. They took out your uh, spleen or liver or something. My my kidney. Kidney. <laughs> that's what it was. Your kidney. And and you know, I went and saw him in the hospital the next day, and and went because we were going from Sweden. I think we were going down to Holland for another race uh, for Garrett Wolsink down there, and. Um, me and I think Doug Hoover and a couple other guys, you know, went and visited him and uh-huh. before his girlfriend could fly over. I mean, that that's a true friendship right there. I mean, you know, we, we were first, um, <coughs> excuse me, competitors on, on the track. But, I mean, I truly cared for Ross. You know, I, I went by and made sure he was okay and before we took off and left if he needed anything or something. Right, right. Um, hey, Rollerball, uh, were, you, were you excited when, uh, well, first of all, were you excited when Holly finally, after years of, you know, being a top privateer, indoors and out, year in, year out, he finally gets a factory ride in 1986 by Yamaha. That had to been pretty cool. Oh, that was incredible. I was glad to see. And, and, and you know what? If you would ask me a, a week what the weakness was on Jim, there was no weakness on Jim. The weakness was the motorcycle he was riding. Before <laughs> that was, as he said, we were riding production motorcycles right. against the factory bikes. And uh, it was awesome to see when he got his ride, and and it showed in the results. You know, I mean, it made a heck of a difference with him, and well, uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a dream, a dream come true for Jim. And uh, you know, it was a dream always in, for me to you know to to get that ride, which you know. Yeah. Never really happened, and uh, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Uh, you know, if anybody else got it, I was happy to see Jim got it, and that was awesome. Well, Holly doesn't ever agree with me, but he gets a factory ride. <laughs> he gets he gets number ten overall, like out of every. You know how they used to do the numbering system. Yeah, he's number yep. ten. He's better than he was. He's, he was twelve the year before. He gets ten. Does better and get, fifth in the and, Supercross that year. Yeah, and gets cut by Yamaha. He just gets <laughs> bent over by Yamaha. Now Holly doesn't agree, but uh, uh, yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, you, you outperformed your deal. Uh, well, well, what I think happens there is it's it's got nothing to do with uh, with the rider's ability or his performance. What it comes down to is motorcycle sales and budget cuts. I mean, that was uh, that's that's happened to all of us. Uh, where you know you do better with uh, with the company you're riding for, and uh, and and win as many championships or or improve your your position in the overall standings and then the next year lose your ride. Right. Well, you know, it, it it just boils down to dollars and cents. The motorcycle sold. I stand by well, that. Well, and, and like I told Steve, we've we've been over, I've been on the show many <laughs> times, and we've talked about it. I mean, you know, they they, they paid me to win races. Oh, I, I didn't win races we that go. year. Oh, yeah. You didn't beat Rick Johnson. You're terrible. You're just yeah. terrible, Holly. <laughs> God, uh, I like I like the attitude. I wish more guys today would have that attitude. But um, uh, hey, and then uh, so uh, what was funny to me to find getting to know both of you guys over the years, and and I have gotten to know you. Uh, you know, I raced a lot of those Winnipeg Arena crosses in the eighty class, and, and you guys were, you know, rollerball. You were my hero. The way you uh, represented Canada down south, and the way you 
would hold off a lot of the Americans like Holly and Hicks and these guys in Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg. But it was always funny to me to find out that you guys were buddies because <laughs> in the in, you know, introductions, Holly, you would come out with your sunglasses on. Larry Huff would be like, you know, here he is from, from Hollywood, California. And you'd be like, I'm here to kick Rollerball's ass. I'm taking his money. You know, I'm here to show the American riders are the best. And, Ross, you'd be like, I'm defending my country. You guys were really good at that, by the way, because you had me fooled. <laughs> I would have never bet a 14-year-old Steve Mathis would have never said, yeah, these two are going to hang out tonight. There's no way. There's no well, way. See, I mean, maybe me and Ross were in the wrong business. We should be uh, movie stars. Right. And we would have got an Academy Award because I was a, I mean, We should have been wrestlers, Jimmy. <laughs> right, right. You should have been. Uh, I can remember booing Holly, like, as a kid, like, get out of here. You know, don't take, don't beat our Canadian riders. <laughs> Larry did a great job of, did, of, of did, yeah. bringing on that event and making it a real show, you know, with, uh, with his antics and, uh, and his commentating and uh, his ability to bring the crowd into it. And just the questions he would ask us and the introductions yeah. of us uh, made it a heck of a show. Right, right. No, absolutely. I agree. So when you guys hung out together, Roller, when you stayed with Jim, uh, Jim, what, what kind of stuff would you guys do for fun? Like, what would you would, would you guys go just ride all the time, or what what was going on up in Simi Valley? Well, Ross would go ride all the time and train all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of had some distractions along the way and stuff, but uh, no, I mean, we'd hang out, go to go to you know uh, dinners and things like that, and go see a movie or something, you know, go to the go to a club or whatever, and try to pick up on some girls and bring them home, you know, and. Once I'll give mastered. you a story. I'll give yeah. you a story, Steve. All right. We're out practicing. You know, we'd, we Jimmy and I went running in the morning uh, out in the hills, and then, you know, we come back and get the bikes ready, and we go out and we go riding all afternoon, and we're coming back, and we're in his truck. I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and we're shooting the breeze, listening to some tunes. And, you know, around L.A., there's a lot of traffic, and, we're in this turning lane, and we're not going to make the light, and we're probably not even going to make the next light. It was one of those, you know, long lines. Right. And all of a sudden, we're, we're waiting in line, and we're kind of, you know, sitting there, and all of a sudden, Jimmy says, I'll be right back. He gets out of his truck. We're in the middle of traffic here, parked. The door's open on his truck, and I'm, I'm thinking, where's this guy going? You know, right. I'm sitting over in the passenger side, nobody in the driver's seat. I see him run over to this car. And he's motioning the, to roll the window down, you know. And a good-looking girl in this car, and I'm thinking, what? He must know her. Right. He, oh, she rolls the window down. They have this conversation for about, I don't know, two, no longer yeah. two minutes. Right. She hands him something. I'm thinking, oh, he must have forgot something there or knew this girl. Comes back. Oh, got another phone number roller. <laughs> right in traffic. Never waste an right opportunity. Right in traffic. Out the door, down the road, you know. <laughs> it was incredible. I, I'd never seen anything right. like it. <laughs> never never waste an opportunity, Holly, right? Even stuck and in never traffic. miss an opportunity. And, and this, this started happening all the time he was doing this. I just, you know, I just couldn't believe it. He, he was, Hollywood is the name that's given to him, and he deserves it. There's nobody like him. He is Hollywood. Right. <laughs> I'll never forget the, the one time, uh, God rest his soul, Aaron, your, your little brother, he'd come down one time, you guys were in their apartment, and I think we had a Playboy magazine or something, and we were looking, and I told Lippers, I said, and that was his nickname, I said, Lippers, you, uh, you like that girl? He goes, oh, yeah, she's not. I go, I know her. 
and and I brought her by the apartment one night. <laughs> no way, really? Yep. They were in the hot tub together. These guys are out in the hot tub. He's he Aaron's out there. He's he's checking out Jim and the, and and this gal, and he comes back to me in in the apartment. He's like, Ross, I can't believe it. Jimmy's out there. He knows he's the got girl. This girl out there. It's unbelievable what's going on. And he's got stories for the rest of the night about this right, right. penthouse Debbie. You yeah, uh, penthouse Debbie. She you, did lay out for penthouse. You uh, you like that girl? Yeah, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just some. You know, what are the odds of that? Um, what, what were you going to say? Tell one a story. Uh, Holly, was that it? Can we? No, well, that was it. That was you know that was one of the stories. You know that I mean we we got a ton. I mean we, we this this show's not that long, man. We can run for eight <laughs> can hours. We, uh, <laughs> can we? And, can uh, we tell the trailer you know, story or no? Can we not tell? But I mean we we were so competitive. I mean you know we would ride a supercross in San Diego, and then the next day was Sunday up in Sacramento at Marysville, a Golden State. And we'd drive up there and go battle up there the next day, you know, just to, just to make a buck, you know. And nowadays, like I said, you, you just don't see that, that, yeah. that those guys doing that anymore. That's, uh, you know, and, and like you said, going to, to Europe and stuff. I mean, you know, we'd mm-hmm. go over there and, you know, that's, that's where you made a lot of good money is, is overseas, you know. Can we, uh, can we tell the trailer story or no? Sure, we can tell the truth. So Ross remembers that one, and that one was, can you we, know, I mean, we're kids, and and that, at that time we, you know, I didn't own a house yet. Right. I was living at my mom's and my dad's, and I had three sisters. And my old man always told me, and you never bring any. I don't, I don't want to wake up in the morning to go to work and see some girl coming out of the bathroom that's with you. Right. No girls in the house. So me and Ross, and he had his uh, Z28 with that little trailer, and he used to have a uh, above where the front wheels where he could had a little bed in there where he could crash and take a little nap and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyhow, we met a couple girls, and we're figuring out where to go, you know. There again, me and Ross, man, we, we were frugal with our money, man. We weren't going to go buy a <laughs> right, hotel. Right, right. There's no way we're going to spend the 30 or $40 for a hotel when we got it. We'll figure out something else. So Ross figured out he was going to go in his his little cabin there in front of the trailer. <laughs> right. And I'm stuck with, what am I going to do? Ah, man, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to bring her in my bedroom. And my bedroom was a little bit, well, the old man caught wind of that, man. He come running out. He said, where's the rollerball? I said, get in there, Dad. It's in there. Cars are honking and stuff. And, oh, man, it was just a crazy night. Oh, jeez. Yeah, good times. Back back in the early 80s, right? Yeah. <laughs> things yeah, were, things were different. Good times. <laughs> um, well, hey, I want to thank both of you guys for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, Holly, it was a last-minute thing to get you on. Uh, I thought it would be cool. And, uh, and Ross, it was um, a great you know. surprise, man. It's awesome to hear from you, from you, Jimmy. It's uh, yeah. it, it, great to hear your voice. You bring back so many memories, man. It's <laughs> it's like it was yesterday that uh, <clears throat> we were out battling, and, you know, time flies by, eh? Like 25 years ago. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean... Kids are growing up now, off to college, doing things. But uh, also I wanted to say that, you know, when my father had passed away back on March 24th, you know, I gave Ross a call, and he called me down, and I sent up a video. And that was, that was a very touching moment for me, you know, to have my old rival and buddy, you know, mm-hmm. give me a call and just, you know, remembering my old man. Because, well, you know, my old man, you know, he, he, you know, Ross was like another son to him. I, right. I was his only son, and, you know, he, he loved all the guys that would come down and, and hang out. I mean, even Mikey Herndon and all those guys, you know, they left trailers at my aunt and uncle's house and just outside, uh, you know, Tennessee by Loretta Lynn. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, that let me good. let me let me give you an example of what uh, how Al and I were. I mean, Jimmy's dad, Al, was was he was like a father to me when we were down there. He would uh, how many dad racing dads will take their son's competitor and port their cylinders the same way and and help work on the bike like Al used yeah, to come yeah. out and and he, he would you know I'd bring him my my barrel and he would do the same porting work on it as Jimmy's bike had and and uh you know help me set up the suspension and uh you know tires changing tires doing stuff like that Al was just like a dad to me down there helping me oh, God that's, that's cool. Him. yeah that's cool I remember Al uh, I didn't know your dad that well jim but when i was working for uh ty birdwell and uh sean kalos in like the 96 97 your dad was helping i don't i think it may be koikita back then or maybe it was another one but um, it might have been koji back then but yeah. Have been koji yeah I, I i get them all mixed up over the years but he was uh always super friendly always uh i remember asking him some jetting questions one time and he like told me oh this is the elevation of this track and this is what you need to do and it was always really cool he didn't know me from anybody you know what i mean i just I knew he was Al Holly, and uh, and I knew I had a Yamaha, and he worked on a Yamaha, so I needed some some answers. It was always pretty cool. Yeah, no, and, and you know, a, a touching thing was, you know, at his funeral when he passed. I mean, there was three hundred plus. I mean, I didn't expect. I met with the uh, the 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 pastor that was going to, you know, say a few words, and I said, whatever you do, just make it short because I know how that's how my old man would like to do it. And I told him, I said, there, there could be, you know, a hundred plus people here, and even more. I don't, I don't know. And, yeah. After the funeral, he goes, man, you weren't lying, man. There was close to 300-plus here. And I, oh, go, that's cool. I told you, I go, that's just how my old man was. He touched a lot of people. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm proud to say I was his son and, uh, you know, and, and, and just a lot of good times. I mean, not a lot of, not a lot of kids nowadays get to, uh, you know, fulfill their dream uh, with, alongside with their father. And, you know, I, I'm finding that out with my uh, son, mm-hmm. who's uh, they just won the Mountain West Conference for University of New Mexico. And he's a starting freshman at shortstop for him. And I go watch the games, but, you know, I can't go in the dugout and say, hey, man, you should do <laughs> right, this or, right. or help him or, you know, hey, you want me to clean your mitt or something? I mean, you know, like, <laughs> like, like that. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a fan up in the, up in the stands watching, you know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a good guy, that's for sure. No doubt. Well, uh, thanks, thanks to both of you guys for doing this. It's really cool for me, Not too. No problem. Anytime, yeah. man, anytime. Right. Anytime, Steve. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'll do this anytime. Right on, guys. Thanks. Jim Hawley, Ross Patterson, thank you guys. I appreciate the uh, coming on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. And, yeah, I'll, I'll see both of you guys soon, I'm sure. All right. Take care, guys. Take care, Ross. Good talking to you. Right on. Awesome right. talking to you, Love Jimmy. Everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.